I'm grateful for two ladies that when I asked, would you speak on Mother's Day, they said yes. One, one reluctantly, and you can... <laughs> How many think you know which the reluctant one was? The one that's used to supporting me for 40 years. She was the reluctant one. Uh, anyway, uh, we'll start with you, Bibi. Tell us a little bit about yourself, how many years you've been married to Chris, children, if you have grandchildren, and just anything you want us to know about you. Okay, um, my name is Bibiana, and I have... Mic's off. I have five kids. We are a blended family, and I've been married to Chris uh, for 10 years. We've been together for almost 13 and our kids' age, ages are 13, 18, 19, 26, and 28. Are any of them here? Yes, I have my three sons here and one of my daughters. Yeah, okay, thank you. Sweet. All right, Jill? Hi, I'm Jill O'Connell, and yes, I was reluctant. I <laughs> prefer to um, support um, but it's okay. Um, I'm okay sharing just about our family and the people I love. So I am a mom of two daughters. We are parents of two daughters. Let's see, ages 37 and 35. And we have uh, five grandchildren. We have four boys and one girl. And <laughs> she didn't really appreciate it when she found out there was another boy coming into the family. She was like, really? <laughs> Can a girl get a break? So we just tell her, well, I guess you're, you're bound to be the princess, aren't you? Um, we've been married almost 15, no, 15, 40 years. 40 years. <laughs> we'll be married 40 years in November. Yeah. Good. All right. Now, I'm going to ask a question, and you'll think the answer is obvious, but listen to the answers here. You'll be kind of surprised. The next question, and I, you can choose who goes first, probably Jill, because your answer is kind of amazing. Did you dream or desire to become a mom? I think I did, um, especially at once we got married. You know, there's just something that God places in a woman's heart um, to become a mom, and I certainly had that desire. Okay, <laughs> this answer may <laughs> surprise you, but I actually did not want to become a mom. Um, I watched my mom uh, struggle raising us. We were five kids, and I thought that that's what motherhood was, a lot of struggle, a lot of burden. Um, a lot of the responsibilities were placed on me so I was you know automatically mother number two and I actually had a sibling of mine that was the worst ever and I thought that children <laughs> all children were that naughty so that made me not want to have children or be married you know um, but and you know God is very mysterious and he works in very <laughs> awesome ways and I have a blended family of five kids and they are not naughty like my sister so I was glad to find out that not all kids are naughty but I did not want to have kids <laughs> how do y'all feel on it <laughs> isn't that interesting isn't that interesting yeah 
<laughs> okay. Uh, the next question, we'll start with you. What were or are some of the greatest challenges as a wife and a mother, and how do you face them? Um, I think um, for me, because we are a blended family, um, I was a single parent for a little while, and then uh, when I met Chris, you know, he was also a single parent. The blending of our families were, you know, it, it happened very organic, and it wasn't anything forced. Um, I always thought that that was going to be a big challenge, and that was something that scared me in the beginning. Um, I think that letting my sons be who they are and not force myself as a mother on them was probably one of the challenges that I had because I wanted to be motherly so bad. Because I did have that in my heart. Even if I didn't want to be a mother as a young woman, mm -hmm. I had that in my heart to be motherly. So I wanted to mother them. Um, I didn't want to force myself on them though. So um, that was one, I think one challenge was that, was a, a big one that, you know, and then today, you know, it's like we went through our, you know, tough teenage years and now, you know, we're friends and, you know, they come to me more, they, more than they do dad, which is, you know, I think awesome. And that's all God right there. Yeah. Great. Great. Okay. Jill. What were some of the greatest challenges besides living with me for 40 years? We know that. That's a given. Uh, what were some of the greatest challenges as a wife and mom? How do you face them? I think mine is probably twofold. First, I was raised um, by a perfectionist. And so there was always this sense that I had to be perfect. Um, but what that led to was never be, being inadequate and feeling that sense of inadequacy, like I could never attain something that I was trying to strive for. Um, so that was a challenge um, early on, I would say. Um, but the second, I guess it was um, just trying to juggle so much because I worked, I've worked all my life and trying to hold a career. I went to college after we got married and had children. So there were just there was a lot of juggling that went on, and and then church, you know, we were pastoring and leading quite a few different groups and singing, and there were just it was a juggling act. So I think just trying to, I guess, have the energy to do it all. Of course, that a lot of that comes with perfection and not ever wanting to say no. Yeah, and then she marries someone who's. <laughs> Under the same drive, what a house. Anyway, um, what, what are some people or events that influenced you? Um, people might be mentors or role models. Uh, BB, you, you obviously had to reject some patterns, so it's kind of a reverse role modeling. Anything in that area that you would like to address? Um, I, I've been awesomely blessed to have had women that taught me how to just be a mom and not be someone's caretaker as in, you know, I had to pick up that slack for my mom. So I didn't really have the direction. I just did what I knew right. what to do, mm -hmm. what came natural. And um, I had, I've had, you know, uh, women like, you know, Val Valverde, which is a really good friend of mine. My first mother-in-law, Karen, uh, my grandmother was a really good example of, you know, a, a woman in her home. Uh, my mom did what she could and she did her best, um, but I can't say, you know, that I really learned too much because she wasn't really home. She worked a lot, so, but yeah. Okay. Jill, people or events that influenced you? 
Well, the first person I think of uh, for being a mother is Dr. Dobson. James Dobson is a family psychologist, if you have ever heard of him. He's written many books, and he used to have a radio program. And I would listen to that every single evening uh, when I came home while I was uh, cooking dinner. So um, something I've never shared, and maybe this is just the right time to say it, um, I didn't have a mom when I got married. Um, my mom, uh, we were in a car accident when I was 19 years old, and she was killed. So that was a year before Mark and I got married. And so um, I didn't have any, I didn't have that mother in my life at that point um, to even talk about marriage, relationships. And then when children came along, I didn't have that. But um, you know what? God always provides. He always provides. So um, there was a, just a beautiful lady in our life, and she was our pastor's wife. And she took me under her wing. She was a very genuine person, and it was somebody who I just could relate to and thought, wow, I can do this. But she was just so practical in every way. So she was a great influence. And then just throughout my life, I've had women, the friendships that I've um, had, and just observing the way godly women raise their kids, um, it was a great influence for me. And Omaha taught us how to take the kernels out of popcorn to give to our children, too. <laughs> That's love when somebody does that for your child to take that out of there. Anyway, um, you've heard me say that women establish the tone and the atmosphere of the home. And uh, so it's kind of a twofold question. What tone are you trying to set in your home? And what do you do to establish that atmosphere? Draw straws. I don't care. <laughs> okay. First this time. Um, just I, what the tone I set um, early on, like I was saying earlier, is this perfectionist. But you know what? I really never wanted to be that, um, and it was really hard to attain. So, but, but the atmosphere I set in my home was laughter and fun. Yes, it was. Um, that's who I am at the core is I just love to have a good time and um, irresponsible at times, but um, I've kind of learned on that front too, but um, that was really a big deal to me was that our kids could grow up in a home where they just, there was, it was full of joy and laughter and love. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe. Um, for me, I think that, you know, I had to find a balance um, being their friend and being mom, also being able to discipline and not, you know, be too hard on them because I grew up in a very strict household and I wanted, I still, you know, want them to be who they are and have the freedom to express themselves, whether I agree with it or not. Um, I still want them to have that choice, but also my part is to direct them to do the right thing mm -hmm. and just lead by example, you know? Jill forgot to add that she was the buffer because Jill thinks she's a perfectionist. I was really that way and I was, her words, you're pretty hard on those kids and I don't mean physically disciplining, but I just, the, my expectations were extremely high and she'd get in there and say, just let them alone, let them alone and I'd go out and work in my shop. <laughs> <laughs> What things, and when I mean things, I'm talking about habits or practices or disciplines, did you embrace to help you as a wife and a mom? That could be from going to the gym to whatever. 
I will say what had the most, the number one impact in my life um, was at a point I really took time on a daily basis to spend time in the word of God and with God. Nothing else. Um, what that did for me and the influence it had in even the way I um, interacted with my family and relationships, you know, with Mark and with our daughters, um, was the time I spent with him. And, and get it, just, it, it has to be twofold. You can know the word of God, but if you don't act something out and do it in love, it means nothing. So um, when I got to really know the word of God and start hearing his voice, as we press into him, he presses into us. That's what he tells us he'll do. So that voice, it becomes, it's a very soft voice. So you got to listen for it. But I started listening to that voice more and more. And then it just, when it's in you and the Holy Spirit leads, I mean, it's, it's not just something that are words on a piece of paper. It's in action. And so I, I do know that I saw that change. And so that was the greatest influence for me going to agree with what she's saying and you know I try to do the same thing as you know spend some time in the Bible in the morning and I do send them you know a Bible verse every single day and I've done that I don't even know for how many years if that's the only Jesus they get <laughs> that day at least they got it and they got it from me so you know wow. I try to you know listen you know to God and let him direct me and sometimes my flesh wants to say and do different but I have to remind myself these are still children. It doesn't matter how old they are. You That's know, I good. have to be kind and be understanding and listen. That's number one, you know. Um, that's one thing that, you know, I try to practice is to listen. Whether I like what I hear or not, you know, I still have to listen. Right. So. Those are two great habits that you just heard right there. Thank you. Um, this one's, I was told to just ask you, Jer. Uh, since you became a parent, you've held two jobs, or three, uh, as a wife and mother, and you've had a job in the marketplace. And what have been some challenges, and how did you find balance with work and parenting, and uh, how do you choose your priorities? I used to say that, you know what, as long as I could keep the balls in the air and they weren't <laughs> falling, I would do okay. So um, I guess that's my word of the day, is let yourselves up off the mat, moms. Um, so that w those were great challenges because, I mean, I would leave the house at probably 6 a.m. every morning to go to work. I'd leave to go to school. I'd go back to work. I'd come home, pick up the kids from school, start, you know, and, it, and then on top of that, we were always doing something at church, you know, or church activities. So there were just, um, honestly, I think it was a God energy is what it was. That, I don't know how else to describe it, but those were great challenges. And just trying to ensure that um, there was some sense of normal for our kids. Um, one of the biggest things was I did not want my kids to grow up in, a ch in church and not want any part of God when they were older because of what they saw. And I know that has that happens so many times for kids, and it's like, God, what is that? You know. So 
So I would ask him and say, and, and my desire was to show them who God really was because God is the perfect father. So I didn't even know what that meant. Um, but he's a perfect father with perfect love. That means that he loves me and he loves my kids more than I could ever even attempt to love them, which in my mind, that's a lot, okay? Even though, right? Because um, they, can, they can all be, as we say, kind of naughty, but you know what? <laughs> so yeah. the challenges were the balance and not getting up tight, but just lightening up too, you know, just on life. And we had the and ourselves. Yeah, you know, we had we had the marvelous joy too. And you you were really good at this at um, having you living with me and seeing how growing up as a pastor's kid how that pressured me into certain things and behaviors. And uh, you were really good at keeping a cushion that the church's expectations of our children were not going to be our expectations. So. Anyway, I'm not one of the women. Why am I talking? Do, do you have goals or dreams for your kids, or did you? Baby, we'll start with you. You know what? <clears throat> I've always been one to just encourage them to do what is their desire to do. Um, I just try to be supportive as much as I can, you know. Um, okay. Like I said, sometimes I may not like it, but, you know, I have a son that wanted to ride bulls. I personally, you know, thought that that was really dangerous, but, you know, here he was with this passion, and I, all I can do is just support him in whatever hobby interest that he has. I have another son that has a complete different interest. So, I mean, all I can do is just encourage him to do whatever they want to do. Good. Sure. I think my... The big thing I wanted for um, our girls was I wanted to, them to even do better, be better than I was. And so whatever that meant. Um, so I tried to just instill love, laughter, fun, God. Um, one thing was um, like education. That was kind of a big thing to me because I, was, I always told them, don't do what I did. You know, do it while mom and dad are still paying the bill. <laughs> you know, and don't get out and, and stop and then try to start again because that's just hard stuff. So that was a big encouragement from me. And, and it was from my own experience is what it was. So, right. um, And then after that, I was like, you can do whatever you want, but I want the best for you. So you know what? Don't choose what we want. Choose what it is. That make that really floats your boat, and uh, right. they have, they have. Yeah. Okay, ladies, do you have any advice for younger moms? I think my big one is speak life, speak life into the children, since they're little. Um, be encouraging, be accepting, um, listen. That's a big one for me. Um, like I've said, you know, many times today, you may not like it, but that's okay. Um, but a big one for me is speaking life. Those, our words have a lot of power. And if they hear positive things, they will believe those things about themselves. And I think that that builds good human beings, you know, and um, definitely teach them about the Lord. Good. 
Thank you. That's awesome, and exactly what I would say as well. Um, one, words are the most powerful thing. We used to have this saying that sticks and stones can break my bones, but words can never hurt me. Well, guess what? That's not true. Words do hurt, and words speak louder than a broken bone. And words are things that last for a lifetime and take a lifetime to get over. So um, don't be so uptight, moms. That's a big thing for me is like, you know what? Because what happens when you're so uptight about having to have things just right, that goes on to your kids. Um, shame is a big thing. You know what? That started in the garden. Who put shame on Adam and Eve? It was not God. God said, who told you you were naked? He didn't tell them. So you know what God says to us? Shame off you. Shame off you. So when you speak to your children, think of the words that you say. It's powerful. Um, the other things is let yourself up off the mat, right? Good. Well, Nani, you have five grandkids. And uh, how are you, your, your role is obviously different. Um, I think we understand that. But what are some things that you're doing to invest in their lives? You know, uh, time is the best thing now. Um, when, we were grow when, when we were growing up, when we were raising our children, um, honestly, I think we were in survival mode. And I think that's what happens as parents is you just get into this mode of, you know what, if we can just get through this day, we'll be okay. And then the next day, if we can just get through the next day. So you're just really trying to survive. But if you, um, now, because I'm not in parenting mode, I get to love on them and spend time with them and engage with them. Um, now, just that time and listening and talking and whatever they want to do, if they want to go out on the trampoline, it's spending time with them. And that's where we develop that closeness. Yeah. Anything either of you'd like to close with? Being a mom is a blessing. Embrace it. Um, it's not a burden. If you grew up anything like I did, um, it's a gift. And whether it's for a long time, for a little time, or whatever, it's a gift. And I'm honored to have the children that I have. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Vivi. Jill? I said we have two daughters, but we have two amazing son-in-laws as well who love our daughters as well or better than their dad loves me. And I'll tell you, when you see that, that's your heritage moving forward. So you know what? Pray for those um, son-in-laws, daughter-in-laws who are yet to come into your children's lives. Pray that they will be exactly what your child needs. Because you know what? It's not what I need, and it's not what I want. It's what they need. <coughs> and they're, each one of our son-in-laws are exactly the guys our daughters needed. Um, I read something today, and it, or yeah, it was today, and it just was so perfect that I, I just wrote it down real quick, and I thought, I'd like to just pass this along. Your greatest contribution to the kingdom of God 
may not be something you do, but someone you raise. Yeah. Yeah. Can you thank our ladies today? <laughs>